You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. I am Blow Pop. And we are really excited to bring you episode number two. It is going to go perfectly. If you don't have a plan, it can't go wrong. That's right. That is our motto here at PBE Family Therapy. How are you doing today, Blow Pop? I'm doing just fine. It's a bit of a rainy day, uh, but, you know, that just makes the Taco Bell I grabbed all the warmer in my <laughs> belly. That's perfect. We were supposed to have another blizzard here, uh, and it ended up snowing like an inch this morning. Mm. So. I've had a very low snow in my winters so That's far, nice. but hey, I can dig that for sure. For but sure. we've had even less snow in our spring training games. That's right. That is right. We had our first uh, sim of spring training happen uh, last night, which was super exciting. Uh, were you able to tune into stuff? How much did you see? What was your experience like? Uh, as far as I could tell, I think I had pretty much the entire thing going. Um, I probably joined maybe five or ten minutes late, but I don't know if they had simmed a game by the time I got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting to see. I'd already seen a VOD of some amount of games before, so mm-hmm. you know I had seen commentary and whatnot. I had not seen games live. Mm-hmm. That was fun. There was some amount of interaction with anybody who showed up in chat. I didn't really participate, but it was yeah. nice to see the commentators were able to multitask a little bit and commentate on the game as well as uh, see who was participating on Twitch itself. Um, one other thing that was new to me, which in hindsight like makes total logical sense, mm-hmm. was um, there was no active management. Like The GMs of each team are exactly that. They are the GMs. They're not the M's, I guess. There's, they're not the, the managers. They're not making the micro decisions during the game. And mm-hmm. I expressed that thought to you last night yep. and one thing you said that was uh also that that made a lot of sense was it kind of takes a little bit of the human element out so if there's a disparity between gms and their knowledge of baseball uh it kind of negates that and sort of levels the playing field a little bit and adds a little bit more, more parity absolutely and i think the uh the gms as far as i am aware still set the game strategy so the engine itself is, you know, making the decisions, but uh, the GMs are able to manage those decisions a little bit or at least skew them in a certain way. Like if they want to be, you know, a team that steals a lot of bases, they can set as their team strategy to steal a lot of bases. Or if they have a player that's really fast, they can set that player's strategy to steal more bases than the average player. Right, yeah, you told me there's sort of a, a macro thought process that they can instill and bequeath upon the AI that's controlling the game. Uh, Sometimes it doesn't necessarily go to plan, and we'll talk (laughs) about that in a moment. But before we do, I believe we have a shout-out for somebody. Yes, I want to give a huge shout-out to Kirk Swerve on Discord. Uh, The other day he threw up just on the, the, the main Discord server, hey, does anyone need a signature? And I needed a signature. So... 
uh, ended up messaging him, and he made me a signature that was not just any old signature, but it looks really good. It's clean. It's got those Dallas Dynamo colors. Oh, yeah. And I believe the uh, model character he chose is a player that you are very fond of. That's right, Francisco Liriano, and it looks very, very good. So if you out there, all of the listeners who are listening into this, there are none. If you need a signature, go to Kirk Swerve because he is—he's just absolutely killing it with the graphics. Although you know, I, I say no one listens to it, but Kirk Swerve did choose Liriano after you talked about Liriano last week. So That's true, maybe uh, he was listening. And in which case, sorry. Yeah, there you go. Actually, in, on uh, on that note, would you like to know how many people actually tuned into us last week? Sure. So the total number, and now this includes you and I, I believe, at least turned on the stream to make sure it was working. So probably minus two at least. But we had a total, including us, of 13 people listen last week. So I think I I, I know I opened it once to listen as I ate dinner and check out the sound quality and you did a fine job mixing and all that. Uh, I think I opened it a second time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think three of those minimum are us, in which case 10 people made poor investments of their time. <laughs> and we, we, can't, we, we can't give that time back. There's no, there's no return on that. So Now, I mean, Sorry. some of it makes sense. Somebody has to grade these things. So I hope uh, yeah. whoever was in charge of that just kind of scrubbed through and made Again, sure that we were actually sorry. talking for the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry we, to the graders. We gave you homework, um, yep. and you don't get a letter grade. Yep. So, I guess A for participation. Yep. And uh, probably like a C minus for actually giving us credit for doing this. Yeah, that sounds about right. Also, something very interesting, and I'm I still haven't decided if this is a if this is a bot or if this is something that has been screwed up. But we apparently have a listener and a follower and someone who reshared our podcast that is from Croatia. Well, uh, I mean, baseball is a pretty international sport. I guess there's no reason that someone from Croatia won't be on PBE. Uh, It's possible. It's not the the fact that they listened that's weird. It's the fact that they shared it that's suspicious. They want other people to listen. So, hey, if you are a Croatia person... Thank you. We appreciate it. Um, but I'm, I'm also half expecting like an email asking for, you know, $5,000 for the prince of Croatia who has been kidnapped. Yeah, they're going to send us this audio file for this current episode and say an urgent message for the owner of the vehicle warranty. <laughs> Whatever the rest of that script is, I always hang up. Or it'll be, uh, I've been trying to reach you. We are from the Student Loan Forgiveness Program. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, good times. Anyways, I know someone who would love to be forgiven, and that is a certain player who did not do so hot in the spring training games yesterday. In all fairness, there's a lot of those. Yes, uh, that's true. <laughs> myself included. But uh, we are specifically kind of unfairly talking about Grams. Yeah. Um, Golden Grams had... We'll say a rough outing. Yeah, did not go well. And I would like to start off, let's say, Golden Graham's name, that's like a solid A-. minus. That's pretty good. I was usually a fan of the chocolate Teddy Grahams myself. Sure. But, uh, I mean, either way, harkens back to nostalgia. Assuming that's the reference he's going for. If not, (laughs) oops. 
Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go with that. The thing that's a bummer. So I'm looking at his stats right now. So he's been in the league one, two, three, four, five, six years. Mm-hmm. And he's been in the pros for four years, and he has had some good seasons. Back in uh, 2034, in the minors, playing for Kansas City Hepcats, he had a 3.7 WAR. That's pretty fantastic. That's a it's a really solid season. But since being up in the majors, it hasn't been that good. Sure. Unfortunately, but uh, not horrible. His his stats aren't horrible. They're not fantastic, but interesting. He is a knuckleballer. Ooh. So he throws a sinker that's not that great at a 31, a screwball that's at 50, and a uh, knuckleball that's at 76. So some decent stats on some of those pitches. Do you know what the uh, name for the archetype is for that? Oh, that's a really good question. Because I've, uh, I've seen the word junk baller uh, used in my team's Discord. I just don't yep. know if that's a knuckler or not. That might be. Do you want to go on that index and look up his name under the players, and we can see if that's listed there? You sure. can at least see who owns him. So if you are the owner of Golden Grams, we are very sorry. I'm sure that both of our players will have very poor outings uh, from here on out. Um but, so, so yeah, please please open fire whenever you have a return volley to give us. It'll when, happen. When It'll either happen. Wallaby lets four grounders slip through his legs or when <laughs> Giuseppe gets absolutely shelled. I'm sure it's gonna happen. But so those for, are those are both inevitabilities. Absolutely. Yep, it's gonna happen. So for those who haven't heard the specific box score. Uh, the Nashville Stars beat the Indianapolis Apex 51 to 4. Right. And uh, we, we bring up specifically Golden Grahams because he had uh, 36 of those earned runs uh, bequeathed upon him. And in all fairness, that's largely not his fault. Um, yeah. that's, that's a consequence of, in my opinion, some questionable management strategies from the AI because. If I make the assumption that as pitchers arrive in the game, they show up from top to bottom in this line score, um, yep. he, he was the last one. And I have to assume that after, you know, giving up, we'll say 30 runs, the AI probably would have wanted to pull him by then, but he's likely the last pitcher. Probably. I don't know if there's anyone else on their roster that could have come in or if the AI within this league is allowed to throw in position players. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the point where you're like, why don't we let Wallaby throw? And then you t- tell Wallaby, he's like, hey, here's the deal. Uh, don't get your arm too tired because we're basically going to throw until we get lucky enough to get an out. Um, but knowing Wallaby, he goes up there and tries to bowl. Exactly. Or throw with his eyes closed, which is probably going to freak out the, p- the batters. So it's give one of those uh, cricket pitches that bounces about 60 feet in. Or maybe his only throw is an EFIS pitch. Oh, the EFIS, the the coveted 47-mile-an-hour mega changeup coming we, in. We might as well have uh, a, an alternate story arc here where Wallaby is a pitcher, and he only throws the EFIS. He only throws a professional softball style? Yes, bingo. Bingo. So, but, it's, but it still only goes 47 miles an hour. Well, naturally, it'd be hard to throw it faster than that, I would imagine. So uh, let's, no let's put ourselves in the... Uh, in the game here. So when Golden Grams came in to pitch, it was in the top of the seventh inning, I believe. Um, and at that point, uh, the game had already yes. gotten away because oh, even yeah. if you don't include the seventh, by that point, it was already 10-0. Yes. 
Yeah, so. so it it makes sense that they basically just put him in and kept him in there. But I would like to read for you. Let's see, top of the seventh. I would like to read for you the game log. Okay. So we've got top of the seventh. Here we go. All right. So pitching for the Indianapolis Apex at this point is Shifty Legoose. Which, um, good name. I like that name, by the way. Yep. I think so. I think it uh, that works out well. Um, all right. So some of this inning is not Golden Graham's fault, as we'll, as we'll see. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So we've got... First up, ground out. Fantastic start to the inning. One out right off, uh, you know, one out right off the bat. Really good. And that actually checks out because I did pull up Shifty Legoose, and he is a extreme ground ball type pitcher. Nice. nice. Uh, and to answer our question from earlier, Golden yep. Grams is a fly ball pitcher. Okay. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So we've got Shifty Legoose gets a ground out. Awesome. And then he walks somebody and then the AI pulls him out. So I'm not sure how many innings he pitched, but that was that was it for him. So then coming in is Doug Dangley. Also then, good name. I like the alliteration. Yep. And to be clear, uh, he also is an extreme ground baller. But one thing that you might like is I just pulled up his page on the index as well. Yep. And he has a nickname. Um, so his full name with, you know, like the classic first name, nickname, last name introduction yep. would be Doug Dangly, 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 Dangly. <laughs> that might be the best alliteration we've ever had on the show. I mean, he's stringing together nine straight D's. So he's like, <laughs> he's looking like some people's report cards right now. Yeah, for real. Um, so Dangly comes in. It does not go well for him either. So keep in mind, man on first, one out. He gives up a single, then a mm-hmm. wild pitch. Runners move over, a single. Mm-hmm. Someone scores, man to third. Um, then a fielder's choice. So we got our second out, and okay. we're not even close to done with this inning. I think only two people have scored to this point. Bummer. We then have a walk, mm-hmm. and then we have a single which moves runners over and scores somebody. So at this point, the man of the hour, Golden Grams, is called upon. Game's already out of hand. They're down, I think, either 13 or 14 to nothing at this point. It sounds like they got two people on base. Like I think so, yep. Painted corners or something. Uh, two, 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 one, two. Yep, I think so, or man on first and second at this point. So then okay. I'm just going to kind of rapid fire through, through what's going on here. So Golden Graham is up. We've got two outs, keep in mind. We only need an out to get out of this inning. And we've got walk, 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 grand slam home run. Good. So not not the best start uh, to Golden Graham's day here. Um, Which is especially, uh, especially a downer moment considering the walk, walk, walk into grand slam is not mm-hmm. just three walks into a grand slam, but it's three walks in which two runs get walked yeah. in. <laughs> Yep, did not go well. Did not go well at all. So, bases empty. Still, in, keep in mind, we've got two outs here. We then get a single that is an infield hit. That just hurts. Mm-hmm. That is a huge bummer. So, we've got infield single, followed by another single, followed by another single, followed by another single, which scores two runs, and then a three-run home run. So, almost a second grand slam in the same inning. Very, very close. And that's obviously a, a rarity, which kind of points yep. towards the, I don't know, cartoonish behavior of the simulator that I mentioned earlier, yep. uh, especially with the weird management decisions. 
Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know how many times a grand slam has been hit in one, in, how many times two grand slams or more have been hit in one inning. I do know that there is, I believe, exactly one instance where somebody, some individual person has hit two in one inning. Yes, I saw that said on Twitter a little while ago. Uh, apologies for the dogs barking in the background. You can probably hear them. Not really. Oh, good. They are barking away for some odd reason. But all right, you could bring them closer to the microphone. <laughs> I'll call them in here. We can have a quick interview with them both. What Guess is figures. distressing you? A dog is walking by. Awesome. Thank you for your thank you for your help. Um, all right, so back to our game log. Just gave up a three-run home run. Mm-hmm. Can he get out of the inning? Following from there, we have a walk. We have a walk. We have a single. And then we have another walk, and then okay. we have another walk, okay. and then we have another grand slam home run. Okay, very good. So we're one of the teams. Two grand slams in an inning and a three-run homer, and I lost count of how many walks brought in a run. Uh, I I'm gonna ballpark about eight or something so far. Yeah, because I think it was twenty total runs in the inning. I believe that is correct. Yes. Yeah. So I'll, I'll spare the listeners from going through the rest of the game logs, but uh, basically he gave up 10 in the 8th and 11 in the ninth. And again, this is not really a reflection on Golden Grams. Absolutely. This is, this is a two-part reflection, one on the state of the game before he even entered because he was seemingly the last option, and since you can't go back to the pitchers who already left, yep. that's mostly on the AI because there were a lot of pitchers that were in for one out yep. or two outs. So it was uh, really inefficient substitutions from the AI, yep. I would say. Um, and then two, it's a reflection on the ludicrous simulation patterns of <laughs> the game because I, I don't know for sure off the top of my head. I, I know at one point the Rangers, uh, I think it was the Rangers, thumped the Orioles 30 to three. And I think that was the largest disparity game in like the live ball era or something like that. Yeah. And this is just, this is cartoonishly bad. And then there was another game that was almost as bad as that. Yeah. The next day, in fact, the Providence crabs beat the new Orleans Rougarous 45 to nine. Yeah. So obviously an absolute smackdown, but merciful compared to the previous game. Which is hilarious because that's still pretty that's still pretty bad. Right. And there's a similar situation with this game with uh Nakamura getting stuck with you know cleanup duty after the game was already pretty handily decided. And while he didn't let up as many runs, mm-hmm. you know, I think Graham had thirty six yep, uh, earned right. runs or something like that. Nakamura quote only had twenty four. Not bad, but the hilarious thing about this is he had 180 pitches thrown. Which, you know, if that's an actual human, after, like, 1920, they're dead. Yeah, that's, your arm might fall off. Right, the only thing that kept players able to do that back in, like, the turn of the last century was the fact that they showed up to the game still drunk. So unless Nakamura was, you know, hitting that rice wine real hard, I don't know how he was able to survive through over two games worth of pitches. The thing, a couple things that I find interesting in this situation. 
Number one, as you already stated, the number of pitches is just hilarious. 180 it's... pitches and four and a third innings. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. Way too long to be out there. So shame on the manager for New Orleans, the fictional AI manager. Right. And, and again, it's because of super like head scratchy decisions that the computer makes of, all right, you got in there, you got now. Good job. Yep. You know, athletic butt slap, send him back yep. in and then get the next guy out here to get the next batter yep. or whatever happens. Absolutely. So the, the, the second thing that I find hilarious, I'm looking at uh, Nakamura's page here, a couple of, couple of observations. Number one, he is a starting pitcher. Right, which and leads they me pull him in as the last resort. What in the world was going on in terms of a management standpoint? It's like, well, you're supposed to pitch tomorrow, but why don't you just jump in there without doing your routine and just – Maybe throw 180 pitches. Right. And, and maybe he had, like, just started the previous game, so they had him on rest cycle or something. That's possible. Let's see. But, I mean, like, regardless of when he did pitch recently or yep. when he was expected to pitch again, yep. he went in and threw 180 hot ones, and now his rest status is 0% exhausted. Even I better. don't know what the game determines for exhaustion, but I have a sneaking suspicion 0% dash exhausted, probably not good. Oh, here's the best part. And this just confirms to me that there are no injuries in PBE, which I had assumed up until this point. The previous mm -hmm. day, he threw 34 pitches. The, the day before that, he threw 24 pitches. <laughs> so, you know, just uh, six days worth of pitches in four innings and it's one fine. out. It's fine. It's fine. And I mean, like, he's got a good stat sheet. I mean, like, he's got mm -hmm. that 98 out of 98 stuff, whatever that nebulous term means. It's so, like, he's got the numbers to back it up. It's oh, just, yeah. if you get put out there and you're say like, your manager says, all right, you're going to do two games worth of pitches for us because we went through everybody else already. Yep. It doesn't matter what your stat sheet says. You're going to run out of juice. Yeah. And mm -hmm. run out of juice he did. Unfortunately, yeah, I mean, this, this is not backyard baseball. If you strike someone out, you don't get the juice box. You can't fill that meter back up. So even though his name is Hito, you can't quite play Hito ball. Yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. And similar situation to the last game. The game was out of hand when he came in. Yeah, uh, they were already down. Let's see if it was like 17 or 18 to five. Right. There was there was a 10 run fourth inning and he came in late fifth. So. Yeah. So maybe we should also talk about the culprits of that inning because we had someone give up seven runs, which is a bummer. Sure. Um, let's see. It looks like Kyle Salchicha gave it up. And again, this is something that I find very shocking. Um, great stats. He's right. got 100 stuff. Got a really great plus-plus fastball, plus-plus curveball, and a plus cutter. Can throw over 100 miles an hour. Like, this is a stud. Yeah, and I mean, I, I have to assume with the simulation, the, the more exhaustion a pitcher accrues, the less likely they are to be able to throw whatever mm -hmm. maximum heat they have. Yep. So, um, like, going back to Golden Graham's performance, I believe Graham's, like, velocity tops out at about 80 to 85 or something like that. I think so. It was definitely slower. So if you get tuckered out and your max is 85, then you're going to start lobbing in, like, 75, 70, and you're just giving meatballs all day. Which, for those doing math at home, that is not much higher than the famed Wallaby Hickam's Ephus pitch. Right, Just which nobody, a, nobody in the minors has ever hit that pitch, by the way. That's true. 
That's true. Nobody, nobody in the minors has ever seen it either. That's true. That's true. But we'll 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 focus on the nobody has hit it yet. Yeah, but that's why that's why we save that. We keep that in the goodie bag until we get to the exactly. the minors championship games. So, interesting enough, also looking at Salchicha's page, he has been pitching just an exorbitant amount over the last several days. So, in this. Uh, fictional day he pitched 64 pitches and then going back each day he pitched 62 66 21 61 62 that is absurd right and i'm i'm curious as to um you know but when they say when the game says two days ago do they mean two calendar days ago or do they mean two games ago Mm, i think it's days ago because if i mean if that's the case then yeah he's not he's not getting any time to recuperate which is Probably part of why, again, he's at 0% dash exhausted. Let me look at the New Orleans schedule, and we'll see if they have off days in there. No, they just played a bunch of games in a row. Holy cow. That seems like an issue with the scheduling more than anything. Well, I mean, you know, back-to-backs in baseball aren't that bad as long as you have a healthy enough stable of pitchers that's true but having 9 10 11 12 days in a row with a game is a lot yeah i would imagine yeah. also uh the funniest not the funniest obviously the funniest thing about this game is the fact that it was you know a 36 point schwacking yes but uh the second funniest thing about this game is when they were already up 31 to 8 mm-hmm. the crabs put up 14 more runs in the top of the ninth just to be sure, <laughs> you know, absolute nail in the coffin, maximum disrespect. Yep. I, I have to appreciate that. You and, know, we don't want a 28 to three situation popping up. No, you never know. And another th- fun thing looking at the stat sheet is, boy, there were a lot of walks in these two games. I mean, the crabs had 45 runs off of 29 hits. Part of the reason for that is because they got, some ball boys walking to first 38 <laughs> times. And one of my favorite things that you pointed out, and this is amazing. So Providence Crabs only had nine players uh, batting, so no substitutions. This, this is like Oprah. You get a walk, and you get a walk, yeah. and you get a walk. And same with hits. You get a hit, and you get a hit, and you get a hit. Everyone had a hit. Everybody had a walk. Yeah, everybody, one. everybody on the crabs got walked at least once. Yep. Uh, and I think my favorite is uh, the right fielder Stein. Yep. Uh, he got one hit and scored seven runs. <laughs> he got walked five times. Uh, I don't know if there's a, is there a, a hit by pitch column? Uh, I don't think he, so. He, he must have either gotten hit by pitch or had or like a one. fielder's choice in there or something. Yep. Let me look. You can keep talking. I'll look at the, I think it's listed somewhere in here. Right. And then, I mean, Bunty had an absolute heyday, eight at-bats, or at least eight non-walk at-bats. He had two walks. Yep. So he went to the plate ten times. He got on base seven times, on, or sorry, nine times, unless there was like a fielder's choice in there as well. Yep. Uh, but he had seven hits with eight runs and 11 RBIs. That's like a full week for people. It's absurd. Absolutely absurd. Like that happened in the majors, and that stat line, seven hits, eight runs, 11 RBIs, is 
I think literally over twice as good as my guy does in the minors right now. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which is understandable, but at the same time, like you know, he's he's got better competition he's going against. Yeah. I agree. So I'm looking forward here in terms of the league sims, particularly in the majors. I'm curious once we get out of spring training, if something will change with the AI, if the commissioner or anyone will make any adjustments in terms of the schedule, in terms of pitcher usage, or if this will change moving forward. Yeah, yeah I have to assume there's going to be some differences because uh, a bunch of people, both on Twitch and in, you know, the various discord channels that I'm a part of. A lot of people were saying stuff about like, yeah, these are spring training games. They're always wacky. They don't mean anything. Yep. And the commentators also both said that they've never seen 51 runs in a game. I don't know if they had even seen 45 runs in a game, but the 51 run game came first. So, you know, it preemptively stole the thunder of the crabs. Absolutely. And there were, in, you know, it's worth mentioning. There were some other high-scoring games. I saw like a 22. I saw a couple in the 30s mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so I, I don't know if that's just, you know, weird simulation stuff because the game doesn't have to care because it's preseason or if it's just what we're going to expect from here on out. <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell. I'd also like to give a shout-out, uh, not for any reason as noble as Kirk's were of doing a fantastic job with Giuseppe's signature uh but i'd like to give a shout out to uh new orleans first baseman snick for uh having a batting average of 420 on the season yep there it is plays it Man, good retire. stuff retire right now light one up <laughs> celebrate with the boys Oh, man, that's fantastic. So let's shift gears here. Let's go from the uh, oddities that happened with the majors, and let's jump into how was Wallaby Hickam's first time in the minors? Uh, Not great, but it's also kind of what I expected to happen. So like I said last week, I chose the magician archetype because I assumed, and I didn't have any confirmation, but I assumed that the magician archetype meant that Wallaby was going to be, you know, like, a, oh, how did he make that play? You know, yep. so I wanted him to be like a really solid fielder. Um, yep. Unfortunately, so far in the prep work that we've done for this episode of the podcast, it doesn't look like we're able to get defensive stats for preseason games. Yeah, I um, am having a hard time finding it on OOTP. And if they do exist, but we can't find them, uh, whatever, that at least if we don't find them, there's nothing temporarily to prove me wrong when I say Wallaby did his job as a fielder. Yeah. I know for sure that in one of the games that was streamed, um, even though we ended up losing 5-0 to, I want to say, Chicago, mm-hmm. I think it was, uh, Wallaby did his job. I didn't see any errors. Um, he made a bunch of just like simple clean throws to first. He uh, even helped turn a double play. Uh, So I I was happy with what Wallaby did from a fielding standpoint, uh, especially considering, you know, you and I have only had a couple opportunities to invest points into our dudes. Yep. I think we're sitting at TPE totals of 132 each. I believe so. So that's not like a lot. That's not a lot to work with. And as I think we talked about last week, each incremental point that you and I get mm-hmm. is inherently proportionally more valuable than other veteran players because a one point increase for us is a larger percent total increase compared to our stat 
you know, yep. aggregate. So Absolutely. we're, we're going to get better at a pretty quick pace. I'm not worried about doing poorly now. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do have some of the worst batting on the team. But that's also kind of expected because when you start with the magician archetype, uh, the the one stats that really stuck out in my head is upon entering the league after you get your like 100 points to spend, mm-hmm. I had, I think I had 40 in both Babips, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And I had, I think, 40 in both Avoid Ks, which is fine. Yep. But I only had 20 in both of the powers. Mm-hmm. And according to a lot of advice I've gotten from people, BABIP and power are the two most important stats for batting because apparently not only does power say, hey, you might lift one over the fences, but power also just helps you rip one past an infielder and power also just helps you make contact. I don't know if the implication is if you have a faster bat speed that you Mm. get hits more often or what. I don't know what the game decides, but uh, I, I have a lot of catch up work to do in terms of batting. Absolutely. And one thing that I'm noticing just looking at the stat sheet here, um, so I had a, you know, rough outing over the course of, you know, 10 games or whatever we played, sitting at 143 of a batting average. But I think it was seven. That might be right. Either way, over a number of games, still small sample size, but not a great uh, batting average. But also, you were pretty unlucky. Your BABIP, which is batting average of balls in play, is sitting at 179 which means that of the balls you actually put in play, you only got a hit, you know, on 17% of them, which is super low. Right. I mean, I just have to assume that means I hit a lot of grounders, like, mm-hmm. straight to the, the two fellas orbiting second or something like that. For sure. And that, that would be the assumption. But even just looking at some other players on your team, you know, Chess Symes, Symes, Symes? I don't know. Um, yeah, Chess has better stats. You know, he's sitting at like yeah. a 43 overall, but his BABIP was 515. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah, and I mean, like, yes, that is in large part luck, but I'm also not going to pretend that I should have, like, I'm not going to be like, oh, I, I should have been way better than this. This is inaccurate. <laughs> it might be inaccurate. I don't know. But, I mean... Right. It's not like I picked an archetype that has good batting in the first place. Yeah. So I kind of expect to be underwhelming. Yep. And one thing that's cool in this league thus far, and we've kind of chatted about this last night, is that, you know, everybody who starts in the league sucks at the beginning. Yeah. And there's just a cool community mentality of like, yeah, you, you know, you suck right now, but just keep earning TPE and you'll get there. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is really cool to not, you know, I don't feel badly that, you know, I'm not good at the start. That's just how it is. Right, yeah. And, I mean, the guaranteed progression is going to be great. I mean, yeah. with uh, weekly predictions as well as uh, just activity checks and yeah. the gym sessions, you're guaranteed to get between 7 and 10 points per week if you do the primetime stuff. Yeah. And then, for example, this week, there's also the ability to bet on the season stuff. So, you know, in seven, whatever it is, weeks when the season's over, you're guaranteed to get between one and 16 points. Yeah, which is so a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's like buying equipment Yeah. if you get a lot of those correct. But, yeah. like, the progression will come. I'm not worried about getting good eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also feel like 
the GMs are probably a smart enough to know how the game works and say, okay, well, this dude sucked, but it was seven preseason games and he just made his character nine days ago. So like, whatever, we're just going to hang on to him for a while anyways. Absolutely. So they're smart enough to say that and they probably are experienced enough to have gone through it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So it looks like I've got your game log up so that it was 10 games total. What I found interesting and you and I were chatting during the actual Sims yesterday, your first three games weren't bad. No, I didn't have a good average, but I, Got the hits when I was supposed to. There was a a brief, glorious moment where um, for a a chunk of the season, I was actually leading the team, or a chunk of the spring training, I should say. I was leading the team in RBIs despite having maybe the worst batting average on the team, probably the worst batting average on the team. Yeah, for sure. Your first game, you had one hit, but you got two RBI. The next game, sorry, two games later, so the third game overall, you had one hit and one RBI. Pretty good, uh, pretty good ratio of hits to RBIs, right? And I think to that, I think to some extent that more gives credit to the people in front of me in the lineup. Yep. You know, if if they can get on base and get into position to score, then when I do get a hit, uh, the RBI is more credit to them because yep. at least they gave me an opportunity to give them an opportunity. Yep. If that makes sense, for sure. for sure. So while I didn't necessarily have the most lights out showing, I would say there's a decent chance that you as of right now might have the best stat sheet of any rookie pitcher. Yeah. I would say in terms of starts for a pitcher, I don't know if anyone has had a better start than Giuseppe Tosin. Right. And I mean, it's a, an even smaller sample size than me because you're a pitcher. um, So you can't play every game. Uh, but you're still clocking in at a 0.00 ERA after uh, 7.1 innings pitched. Yeah, so it was pretty cool watching the stream, or at least just keeping tabs on the stream through most of the night. You know, and I'm watching the first game, didn't pitch. Second game, didn't pitch. Third game, didn't pitch. Um, and finally, get my first game and uh, ended up pitching for two innings, only giving up one hit, gave, uh, gave a one walk, but had two strikeouts and zero earned runs. And I was like, wow, that's a great first game. Awesome. Um, and that success just continued. The second game had 3.1 innings pitched, you know, four strikeouts that time, no earned runs. And then what is really cool, and I think I'll remember for a long time, you know, or at least my character will remember for a long time, is the third game, pitched two innings, two walks, no strikeouts, um, but no earned runs, and I even earned my first win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it also looks like you're very consistent because between those three games, mm-hmm. uh, you have, in order, you have 2.0, 3.1, and 2.0 innings pitched. Yep. And in both of the games that you had 2.0 innings pitched, you had 30 and 32 pitches. And then in the 3.1 innings pitched, you had 44. So you're almost exactly on track for a, like five pitches yep. per batter. So it, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a great thing or not, but I mean, five isn't that big. And it the seemingly consistent uh, length between those three games in terms of you know wearing your arm out yep. looks very good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it it you know probably falls into the whole control freak archetype. The idea that I'm not going to really blow anything by you guys, but I'm going to 
you know, hopefully get some strikeouts with movements and, and, you know, painting the corners and stuff like that. But when I can't strike you out, I'm going to give you, you know, a slider that you're going to have a hard time making hard contact on. Right. I mean, but that being said, you still have a max velocity of about, you know, like low 90s. So it's not like you can't bring it. It's just not what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I think... uh, trying to remember what the max is for my archetype i think i can get my my maximum velocity up to like 95 or something like that which is pretty respectable okay so we'll, i'm we'll also see. looking at the stat sheet i'm also a little curious as to how the game calculates exhaustion because you have over the course of a week you have three games that you were in and the most that you were in for any of them was 3.1 innings 44 pitches mm-hmm. and it still says that uh, as both a starter or reliever option, you're at 0% exhausted. So I don't know how that's determined. Because I would think if you go in for two innings and you have 32 pitches to close out a game, you'd probably be higher than 0%. I would imagine so as well. So I, I'm clicking through some other some other guys here. So I know that your exhaustion is determined partially by your stamina rating. So depending mm-hmm. on, the, you know, the higher the stamina rating, the less tired you get, the more pitches you can throw. I believe it right. also helps you recover, if I'm, not, uh, if I'm not misremembering that, recover quicker. Sure. I think. So, like, for instance, uh, Tosin has a pretty good stamina, 61, but through 32 pitches. Oh, oh this is also important. 32 pitches today, so it hasn't been simmed to the next day. So oh, okay. If I finish today, there we go. I just simmed okay. the day ahead, so I was able to And you to can come in as a, re- as a reliever again. Okay. Yeah, so then that jumps me up to 53%. So I gained like 53% of my exhaustion just with a day of rest. Okay, sure. Basically. So um, I, I think that's kind of how that works, but... Um, had a, a great conversation with my GM. Shout out to uh, Legally Blind Gamer, my GM, who's been super, super helpful. Um, but he was talking about how my pitcher is set up um, to pitch. Like, basically, my role within the bullpen is I'm a middle relief, normal usage, and then secondary role of a long reliever. So he was saying he wouldn't be surprised if uh, Tosin got the most innings within the bullpen this year. Sure. Okay. Which would be really great. I'd be I'd be all about that. And I mean, with the start that you have, uh, like we said, small sample size, but yep. it's kind of hard to deny zero earned runs through yep. seven and a third innings. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to um, one of my bullpen mates, Doss Williams, has like almost an ex- exact stat line. Also pitched seven point one innings and has not given up a run yet. Hmm. Is he also a rookie? I believe so. His overall looks about where mine's at, but I don't have him up here. Let me see. And that's that's really interesting, though, because your overall and his overall were both 29s. Um, Yep. And potential is also 29. I assume the potential stat kind of gets thrown out the window for PBE because we directly control the stats. So, like... Who cares what the game says? Yep. But you guys are both 29s for your position mm-hmm. and have been lights out. Yep. Whereas I've been, I think I'm like a 35 or a 36 or something for my yeah. position, and I've been dog. Yeah. <laughs> so 
<clears throat> that is really interesting. It's I just wonder... the uh, the way the way that the the numbers fall, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting comparing him and I, and I think this is more a an issue with um, I think this is more an issue with how the initial build of a starting pitcher and a reliever are different or maybe just how I chose to start off with TPE, but looking at our, our, our ratings together, he's got much higher ratings. Well, not much higher. He has higher ratings in stuff movement control and his individual pitches. Um, mm -hmm. But his stamina is only a 23, and he's a, he's a reliever, and I'm technically a starter, even though I'm playing out of the bullpen right now. Right, yeah. I mean, his archetype is a ground ball pitcher as well. Um, and to some extent, I think the stamina kind of makes sense because if you're if you're a control freak, the implication is you're not trying to you know break a radar gun every time you let go of the ball. Absolutely. So you're you're not going to burn out your elbows fast. Yep, totally agree. Cool. Well, that is our update. I'm assuming the player updates will get more interesting as we actually you know get good. Because let me check the uh, let's see the how good is my player. Bot here, uh, up oh, straight trash. Look at that. In in general, you got trash. They're not good. I wish least, I had trash. At least by the ratings, but I, they will get better, and I think it'll get more interesting, kind of as we, you know, as we continue. And I, I look forward to, you know, talking about getting drafted, talking about, you know, being a free agent, signing with different teams, getting to the majors. We've got a lot of really cool milestones to to cross together. Right, and that'll certainly happen eventually. Uh, there are also there will be a time probably starting next week where we don't talk about our players as much because I'm not going to get this amount of playing time when the games actually start. I would assume because I think I am second on the roster. Normally, I think I would be third, and there would be two second basemen above me. But this entire week of spring training, Dan King, who is statistically I think the best second baseman, or at least has the highest TPE total of second baseman on mm -hmm. the Dillos. Uh, he was in the outfield like the entire time. So I don't know if they're just making a position adjustment or if they just put him there to give me time it's or something impossible. like that. Uh, I don't know where he's going to be when the season actually starts. But when the season actually starts, I think I'm going to be at best second in the depth chart. Right. And that's assuming assume. Dan King goes to the outfield. Yeah. And it's interesting looking at the Dillo's depth chart on here because it was obviously set up just for spring training. So mm -hmm. you are in the starting spot. Dan King is starting in right field. Mm -hmm. um, and the other second baseman, uh, Putin. I don't Russia. think that's his name. <laughs> oh, he is from Russia, but his name is, wait a minute, Putin from Russia. Yeah, so Putin, uh, you know, he it looks like he's not getting any starting time at all. Um, right, I, I, I don't know what second baseman. Right, yeah, like he's he's a, a 40 overall position rating for second. I think I'm like a 32 to 36, somewhere in that window. So, like, he's better than me. Mm -hmm. He's just not been played yet. I have yeah. to assume they just wanted to put me in so I would... I mean, it might have even been just like a meta PBE decision of if they put mm -hmm. me in, then I, as the human being behind Wallaby, get mm -hmm. to watch him a little bit and yeah. get, like, some immediate engagement. Um cool. Unless they have like an inside scoop that the player behind Maxdo wants to stop and isn't going to invest anymore or something like that, or it could be uh, inactive right now for all we know. 
Yeah, awesome. I, have, I, have, I don't know. So I'm making the assumption that I'm second on the depth chart, if not third on the depth chart. So I don't think I'm going to see a whole lot of time for probably maybe a month real time. Because then by then, you know, I'll have gotten another 40 minimum points to invest, assuming they have primetime picks every week. Yep. Which seems like they will. I think so. I mean, it's, it's more engagement and they seem really community focused and especially with the 350 cap in the minors they don't care if you stack up pte tpe so yeah yeah i totally agree speaking of primetime picks should we jump to uh, our primetime picks of the week sure um yeah so the the system that we have going on here is uh dr k makes his picks based on what he thinks is going to happen whatever you know hierarchical heuristics he uses Mm -hmm. whether it's just judging by tpe or as the seasons go on and we get more familiar with the teams then he's going to make actual you know judgment calls definitely i will also in spirit be making those judgment calls and those will be talking points but my actual predictions that i make are not going to be my opinion instead what i'm doing is i'm using the total tpes of the teams that are squaring off and making a random number generator that guesses for me so for example the stars over Voyagers, I'm just going to make up the numbers because I don't have them in front of me. Yep. If the stars have 22,000 total TPE on the roster mm-hmm. and the Voyagers have 18,000 total TPE on the roster, then I'll put all those in a bucket and out of that 40,000 total TPE, I'll use a random number generator and give me a number. Yep. If it's between 0 and 22,000, then I will say, okay, RN Jesus has decreed that the stars will win. If it is above 22,000, then I'll say, okay, he has decreed the Voyagers will win. So we're going to have Dr. K's picks based on whatever line of reasoning he has, and then there will be my quote picks following, which is really just the cold, thoughtless randomness of the universe. So I'm pretty sure we need to have, maybe maybe at some point, once we both know the teams, we should have Dr. K's picks, we should have Blow Pop's picks, and then we should have RN Jesus's picks. RN Jesus, yeah. I, like, we can't, we can't just let that slide by. Right. And, and to be clear, uh, for the actual predictions threads mm-hmm. on each weekly primetime pick thing on PBE, I will be gambling via RN Jesus's picks. I'll make my own picks emotionally yep. once we get familiar with the teams, yep. but I, I will let the cold chance of the stars determine things for me. Yeah, and I think something that I'm personally looking forward to as we're making these primetime picks is actually getting to know the teams and the players on the teams. And once we get into the yeah. you know the actual season, being able to look and see how they've done recently and stuff like that. At, at, for this first pick, like you alluded to, I literally just did, okay, who's got the most TPE? I'm going to pick them. Sure, yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah, and, and, yeah, we'll, we'll get familiar with the teams later. We'll probably have you know vested interests mm-hmm. once eventually both of us get drafted like mm-hmm. once we're in the majors i'm going to end up having bias towards whatever team i'm on yeah and i'm assuming you will as well but for, sure. for now we're just kind of doing really simple math problems yeah so Jesus. let's just fly through these quickly since we don't know much about them and we'll just see what sure. happens when we get there so first game i picked stars over voyagers and the majority chance of 
the random number generator agreed. I also have stars over Voyagers. Awesome. I picked Raptors over Apex. I did not, and that is an absolute bummer considering the Apex got shelled this last (laughs) week with the largest margin of victory that I've ever seen in a baseball game, fictional or otherwise. Yeah, not very good. Also, real quick, these primetime games are regular season games that happen next week, right? Not spring training? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Because the the deadline for these picks as of the time that we are recording, the the deadline Mm -hmm. I think is... January 19th, which is Wednesday. So I think it'll be for the Thursday streams and maybe the Saturday streams. Monday streams? I don't know what the timetable is for that. I think that I think that's a Tuesday, the 19th. So maybe that's the start of spring or the start of the regular season. Right, but I think they're due at, you know, 11:59:59 p.m. or something like that. Oh, so it wouldn't sure. be for the day of. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, yep, that makes sense. Cool. So this is for regular season, not spring. Regular season week one, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Sweet. Next game, game number three, I picked Vandals over the Crabs. I did not. Uh, Random numbers have dictated to me that the Crabs will win, and the Crabs did put up, you know, a boatload of runs, so that doesn't look too outlandish. That's true. That's true. Next game, I chose the Toros. Toro over the Supernovas. Uh, once again, random numbers have said that the underdogs are going to take away that W, so I went with the Supernovas. Awesome. Next up, had the Scorpions over the Rugaroos. I also have Scorpions beating Raugundargans. <laughs> the irony of that right there is you actually knew how to pronounce it before this podcast, and I had yeah, no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to educate Dr. K on... Rougarou and the fact that Rougarou is a cryptozoological creature, which is effectively the French version of a werewolf, kind of. So uh, that's probably the only time in this podcast that we will ever educate anyone who, for some godforsaken reason, is listening along. Uh, You're welcome. Perfect. All all one of you. That was free. Yeah. First one's always free. First one's always free. Just ask... I forget who had who was batting four twenty. Oh, uh, Snack. Snack. Yep. Just ask him. He knows. Street cash. <laughs> All right. Next. Next game. I picked aviators over the demons. As did I. Yep. And then last game, I picked sloths, the current reigning champions, over the foxes. Uh, and I did as well. That one. I mean. That one should be a no-brainer. It's the highest TPE pro team versus the lowest TPE pro team. So, yeah, definitely statistically favored. Uh, It's something like uh, the advantage is massive. I believe it's something along the lines of like 23,000 to 14,000 or something. It's uh, 23,500 to 12,346. They almost have double the statistical firepower. However, that being said, TPE does scale kind of logarithmically, you know? Yep. The higher you get, the more points it costs. So a 10-point TPE difference between one player and another might just be one stat point in uh, UTP. Yep, depending on how high up the uh, that ladder there. Right. Absolutely. So, we'll so there's, there's diminishing returns. So the 12,000 to 23,000, the gap might not be quite as bad as it looks. 
Yeah. And as always within baseball, anything can happen on one game. You never know what uh, you know <laughs> what's going to happen, yeah. which is why this game is fun. Any given Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or Saturday because they play a lot of games of the week. They do play. They play all the time. All of the times. Um, awesome. So let's jump into, since we're starting a new season, let's jump into our season predictions. Final standings, final, uh, mm-hmm. final rankings for the major league teams. Right. Uh, so I, I had another kind of modified RNG Jesus thing going on mm-hmm. here as well. Um, so in doing my quote research for this, mm-hmm. what I did was uh, for the East, I pulled up all of the total TPE by team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on my list, just by happenstance, I have Cancun Toros, then Indy Apex, then Rougarou, then Voyagers, then Aviators, then Crabs, and Supernovas. Mm-hmm. That's not in any specific order. That's just the order that I had them in. I think it's the order that they show up for the listing of clubhouses on the PBE site. Sure. Something like that. And then uh, in one of my columns, I have the total to that team. So mm-hmm. Cancun Toros are at the top. They have 21,368. So the total to that point is 21,368 because there's nobody before them. Sure. Then the Indy Apex come next. They have 12,494. So the total to that team is the combination of those two teams, 33,862. Then Ruguru are next. Their 19,000 and change makes the total to them 53,000 and change. So I do that all the way through the East and the West. And then for each side, I have a random number generator between one and the cumulative total of all the teams. So for the East, it's between one and 121,820. And then for the West, it's between one and 130,441, which is crazy because... Out of a majors-wide average of a little more than 18,000 TPE per team, on average, a team in the West has over a 1,000 more than a team in the East. So while there is parity in each half of the league, there's not necessarily as much parity between the two. Although, as we did just talk about, you know, with like the the reduced marginal returns, Mm -hmm. that 1,000 isn't necessarily too huge. Yeah, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how the, you know, the leagues perform. I wonder what, uh, what the like what the record is in terms of the World Series for East and West. Mm. If one of them has won more than the other, I should pull up the pull up the game and see past World Series winners here. Well, I think it. Uh in the real world, it largely comes down between, you know, the whole pitchers batting versus designated hitters debacle. Right. But uh, as far as I know, that doesn't exist in PBE. I don't think so. So let's see. Here are the past winners. Do you have the, the list of East-West teams up? I do. So here we go. The last three winners are Sloth, Scorpions, Scorpions, which are both oh, all, both East teams. Yep, all West. Or uh, West teams, sorry. West. Uh, crabs, east, toros, east, railroaders. I don't know if that team exists anymore. I don't think they do. Let me click on it and see what they are now. They're now the Raptors. Okay, the Raptors are west. So okay. we have we have two west and four east. Or sorry, yep. flip those. Yep, four west, two east. Yep, and then. <laughs> 
As we continue to go back, we then get to the Scorpions uh, dynasty. So the previous four winners to that were the Scorpions. Okay, so eight west, two east. Yep. All right, Voyagers. Eight west, three east. Then three Sloths. Eleven west and three east. Then a Scorpion and a Sloths. Thirteen. All right, and then we have, wow, five Vandals. And those are all west. So it looks like the total is something along the lines of like 18 to 4 west over east or something like that. Come on, east, you got to step it up. My goodness, that is absurd that it's that lopsided. So maybe our players are destined to go to the east and bring the east a championship. Try and even it out. That's bold. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of grasping at the straws here, but it's, you know. I I like it, but it is bold. So anyways, now after I determined the you know the the windows and would spin a number. Yep. So for the for the east for example between 1 and 121,820, mm-hmm. if I got 60,000 as the, the the roll, I would look to see what window it is. Mm-hmm. And the Rougarou are totaled up to 53,115 and then the voyagers are totaled up to 72,960. So because it fits in that window after Rugaru during voyagers, I would give one tick of the tally mark to yep. the voyagers. And what I did is I kept on doing that over and over repeatedly until each team had a different number of tallies. Mm-hmm. That way I had clear 1 through 7 placements. Gotcha. So I believe for this segment, you elected to once again just go by TPE totals. Yep. <laughs> which is uh, honestly probably the better bet. Uh, one thing that's kind of interesting, though, is because your guesses are just by TPE totals and we mm-hmm. have that list in front of us, we can say that RNG Jesus is picking X team to over or under or exactly perform according Absolutely. to predictions based on TPE totals. Absolutely. So that'll be interesting. How do you want to do this? You want to go by, like, start with the West and go one by one? Sure. Let's start with West and let's do TPE totals, and then I'll say what RNG has said. All right. So TPE totals, number one in the West, I have the Sloths. I also have the Sloths. And the West was actually really weird because the East was decided a lot earlier. Mm. The East, the the highest votes for tallies was 10. Mm. So the first place team got 10 total tallies before there was differentiation between all the teams. And in the West, the first place team, the Sloths, took until there were 18 tallies for them. Hmm. So they had effectively roughly twice as many spins needed on the metaphorical wheel in order to differentiate between all of them. So yeah, I have the Sloths as number one overall as well, which totally makes sense because they have the highest TPE overall, so they have the biggest piece of the pie for the spinner to land on. Awesome. All right, so we got both agree on slots number one. Number two, mm-hmm. I have the Scorpions. I also have the Scorpions, which once again makes sense. Yeah. You know, they have 22,120 points, so they have easily the second largest piece of the pie. For they sure. only got 14 tallies, so even though there was only a one-and-a-half-ish thousand TPE differentiation between <laughs> slots and Scorpions, slots got four more spins of the wheel for them. Um but, Interesting. So we'll, yeah. see, we'll see what happens there. Number three, I have the stars. I also have the stars. Yep. They have 13. So they were 
they were nipping at the heels of the scorpions at the end there. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of frustrating doing this because there were a lot of times where there were four different teams that had eight tallies. So I knew when that happened that three of those teams had to get at least one and two of those teams had to get at least two and one of those teams had to get at least three (laughs) to have differentiation. So I was like, I know I have at least six more. And if the other stuff catches up, then I could just like refresh this minimum. Right. Just keep going. Yeah. Oh man. Good times. So stars (laughs) at three, I have the Raptors at four. Uh, Our Jesus has disagreed for the first time. The Raptors only got 10 tallies for me, which puts them in sixth place. Wow. So, you know, underperforming from smack middle of the pack to the second worst team, according to RNG Jesus, is a pretty big difference. For sure. So who uh, do you have in that number four slot? My number four slot are the Detroit Demons. What are they for TPE totals? TPE totals is next up. So it is number five for the Demons. Okay. So I have the Demons overperforming by one tick on the slider. Awesome. So who do you have for that number five slot? Uh, the number five slot I have is the Kashima Foxes, who are pretty dramatically overperforming because I think they are last, not just in the West, but I think overall for TPE. Yep, I think so. So let's fly through these last two. I have the Vandals in at number six. You have the Raptors at number six. I have Correct. the Foxes at number seven. Who do you have at number seven? That'd be the Vandals. So I just have a little swip swap for six, yep. seven for Vandals. But the yeah, the, the two Shockers are definitely having the Raptors underperform by two yep. and having the Foxes overperform by two. Absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see how those, uh, you know, how those standings uh, fare throughout the season. Maybe we can check back in on it a couple times. Right. And uh, one kind of fun thing is like, even if we completely break these, yep. we at least get one point. So yeah, exactly. There's there's some return on investment. And the fact that you and I have different answers is good for the podcast in a weird way because it makes it slightly less likely that we both break. Yes, exactly. Somebody's going to do something right, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) Once again, bold. Bold, always. (laughs) Let's fly through the East uh, Uh just because I'm guessing we're running out of time. Well, we're probably, I mean, we're over the, the we're over the hour, but there's no penalty for going over. That's true. It's just sorry. Graders. Other than for the listeners. Yeah. Hashtag sorry, greater. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> first in the East, I have the Toros. Uh, Toros for me actually drastically underperform. They are in third place. My first place team are the Supernovas. All right. So, wow. You have the Supernovas. Very overperforming. I yeah, I think they're supposed to be fourth or something. Super overperforming. Super overperforming. Yeah, see, there you go. All right. Or what are they supposed to be? Fifth? They're actually fifth in TPE. <laughs> yeah. So RNG says that they're going to apparently just come out of absolutely nowhere, yeah. come quite literally out of left field. I can't believe it. And we'll just donk happens. somebody. Uh, number two, I have the Voyagers. I do as well. Yep. Okay. Good deal. Uh, the uh, number three, I have the Rougarous. You have the Toros. Yes, I do. Okay. My my Rougarous are taking that fifth place spot for the Supernovas, so they are expected to drastically underperform. Yep. The Cancun Toros are expected to drastically underperform, and the Supernovas are expected to hilariously overperform. Yep. 
Um, who do you have in your number two slot? Was that Voyagers? As Voyagers. We agreed on that. Okay, number three, I have Rugurus. You have Toros. Number four, I have Aviators. Who do you have in the number four slot? I have the Crabs. Ah, another overperforming team. Mm-hmm. Which is maybe not too unexpected after they gave a schwacking in right. their preseason game. They have the offense from what it seems like. Uh, number five, Supernovas. You have the Rugurus. Uh, I have the Rugurus. Number six, I've got the Crabs. Who do you have? I have the Apex, so Apex. I believe they're overperforming by one. Yep, absolutely. And then last place, you've got? Aviators. Aviators, and I have the Apex. Right. Um, so potentially some underperforming for the Aviators, maybe. Yeah, and that one was... Uh, that one was a lot more volatile than the West. I mean, the West, you and I agreed on one and two and three. Yep. And then there were two people that were different by one slot and then two teams that were different by two slots. Yep. In the East, the quote simulation or whatever you want to call it that I did, we only agreed on the second place Voyagers. Mm-hmm. And then between the one, three, and five spot, there were a total of eight positions of movement. Yep. And then between the other slots, there were, I think, four Positions of movement, or maybe more than that. Something like that. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see. We'll keep checking back in throughout the season and uh, see kind of how the these teams are performing. I think this will be a fun way to you know check in on the overall standings and also a good way to learn about all the individual teams. Yeah. Yeah. It'll definitely force us to pay attention to them a little bit. That's for sure. So along those lines. We've talked a lot, especially in the first episode, I talked about immersion and kind of how much more fun you have when you learn more about the league. So we're going to introduce a segment here called the Hall of Famer of the Week. And I believe our first inductee to our Hall of Fame of the Week Hall of Fame is uh, Sophia Bennett. Yes, and I don't remember... I was going to order these by when they got inducted, but I think this is just alphabetical. So maybe we'll do that next week, start the when they were inducted. But uh, Sophia Bennett, first off, looks like a female player. I don't know if OOTP actually allows you to create a female player, but at least like the face gen looks like it. And obviously the name sounds like it. Yeah, I I don't know for sure. I mean, I don't know anything about OOTP, but uh, I know in the draft class there was at least someone else in our uh, bucket of rookies who, uh, I don't remember the name, but they... They use the model of a softball player for some college that I don't remember. Um, Interesting. I also know one of my teammates is Ruth Heater Ginsburg. Oh yeah. So, also hilarious name. Shout out. Great to name. Maybe maybe the best name in the draft. Possibly the best name in the league. That's flipping hilarious. So good. Um, awesome. So jumping back to Sophia Bennett, uh, mm-hmm. she played right field um, and played for. Uh, ton of years 14 years in the majors and it looks like one year in the minors and what that uh that doesn't even look like it was a full year in the minors was it let's see what was it like 2017 or maybe it was oh this is sorry the thing i have up on the screen right now is just the majors um so if i can switch this to the minors oh i don't know what we have the minors as in the game Either way, we're just looking at their, her major league uh, mm-hmm. career for all 14 years. It looks like she was a rock-solid player for a very long time. Basically had a uh, career 
batting average of 276. Her slash line was 276, 367, 497. Um, mm-hmm. Which is pretty good. And a total war of 52.6. Which over the course of 14 years, I mean, like that's an average war of a little under four. Yep. Which is pretty fantastic. And if you look at all of her war totals for each year. I mean, she started off in the league with a 0.3 war, modest, but I'm sure at that point she was building up. You know, either way, if you, if you always have a positive war, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty darn good. Yes. Oh, for sure. And, you know, having years like a couple 4.5s, a 6.7 year in 2026 mm-hmm. is pretty incredible, you know, batting 311. Um, and having 68 walks in the year. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is a 100-game. Right. So that's pretty nice. And that's with a, that's with the 490 plate appearances, which was, yeah. uh, at a glance, it looks like that's her career high. And it was also 128 hits, which is second highest, which more brings my eye to season, uh, I guess that's probably season two, in 2018, in a 100-game season, she had 142 hits. Wow. Which is uh, how you say many. Yeah, lots, lots, lots of O hits. I'm also curious as to the scheduling of the season because it's 100 games, mm-hmm. and in a couple of seasons, she has fewer than that, which, sure, don't mm-hmm. necessarily play every game. But then she has one season with 101 games. Yep, yep that's really interesting. So I wonder... Let's see. This is just regular season. It's not like, you, yeah, this this isn't including postseason. So, I wonder right. maybe there must have been a tie and they had a tiebreaker game at the end of the year. Oh, maybe yeah, possibly. Sure, that would make sense. Um, so then in terms of postseason, looks like she had a lot of postseason chances, which makes sense. She played for the Sloths for most of her career. Um, and it they've been like pretty they've competitive been for a while. Yeah, yeah, especially last. Obviously, this last year they've been great, but it seems like they've been good before that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like she's had a couple good years. It's always tough to look at postseason uh, stats because it's such a small sample size. You know, there's a there's a possibility that they only had you know three games. Right. It's a it's a much smaller postseason. I don't know what the best of scheduling is. It is best of fives, then best of sevens. Is it always best I of fives? Okay. Um, I mean, I, I feel pretty comfortable saying that she was better in the regular season because yeah. in the regular season, she never had a negative war. And then in the postseason, she has five negative wars with right. one of them being kind of ignorable. I mean, it's a negative 0.0. So the rounding says it's still negative, but the number says that it's not a number. Yeah. Uh, but even if you just look at her batting average, um, you know, she... She was over 300, I think, for the regular season, and she's just a tick above 200 for the postseason. Yeah. I mean, either way, if you have as solid of a regular season career as she has, if you're helping get your team to the postseason, Mm -hmm. that's pretty darn good. And if it's anything like the NBA, Mm -hmm. you know, MVP stuff is regular season awards, and they take into account, you know, were you able to help your team get to the playoffs were you able to get them a good seed yep absolutely and speaking of um speaking awards. of awards yeah it's kind of cool some of the awards are looks like they are put into ootp i think some of them are just with the pbe but i'm not 100 sure so um very decorated career in terms of their awards 
We have 10-time Player of the Week winner, uh, one-time Batter of the Month, which I assume means specifically batting stats, not like a... Not like the batting and fielding put together, especially because they have nine-time best fielder. I don't know what the time scale of that is. It might just be the best fielder of the year. There's uh, the lack of time scale doesn't necessarily help. Yeah, I think help. that's their golden glove, I believe. Okay. Uh, five-time best hitter at position, and she was what, right field, was it? Uh, yep, right field. I believe that's the equivalent of a silver slugger. Right. Uh, four-time championship winner. Yeah, we saw plenty of uh, sloths in the, the trophy room just a few minutes ago. Absolutely. And in a 14-year majors career, 12-time all-star selection is pretty darn good. Yeah, you really can't ask for anything better than that, which is pretty awesome. Um, looking through, they also have this pretty cool list of like game achievements. Um, like, for instance, she had a game where she had more than six RBI, which is pretty mm. awesome. Um, several walk-off home runs, which is cool. A couple, many, actually, many grand slams. A um, bunch of walk-off hits. Yeah, looks like a lot of really cool individual moments that she mm -hmm. was able to, uh, to give to her team. A bunch of four-run games, a couple of five-hit games. Mm -hmm. Super cool. So... Uh, awesome. Well, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, no. Cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. They didn't. And especially want to give a shout out to the graders who listen to every minute. Or scuffed through it. Um, and, you know, we are just looking to uh, create a good product here. So if you want to give us a shout out on Discord, have any requests or anything, uh, you can find us at Dr. K and Blowpop. And we might ignore them. And I would like to thank everyone who has subscribed. There are none. We hope you have an awesome week. We will see you next week. Godillas. And recording stopped. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.